Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours. We are a music podcast that chats to artists, musicians and creatives on their songwriting process and their upcoming releases. We very much appreciate you returning to listen to us once more. My name is Simon Fink, I am your host and this is episode 225. Now we hope you've been enjoying your new year so far. We are only a few weeks into it and already there's so much brilliant new music that's already out there, uh, hopefully with some artists that you'll see on this pod over the next few months. Uh, Just in case you did miss it, we returned earlier this week with our first episode back for 2023, and that was with Wayne Coyne from The Flaming Lips. So if you haven't given that episode a listen yet, please make sure you queue it up after you've listened to this one. Uh, As you'd be aware, the podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast from, basically. Um, And if you do enjoy the show, please make sure you go and rate and review it because it does help us in the long run, just in terms of exposure and everything else. So please, if you'd like to give us a, give us a rating, give us a review, give us a shout out, whatever it may be. Um, But let's get into today's guest. Our guest today is Scottish singer and songwriter, Joseph. He is a brilliantly funny man, as you would expect from a young Scottish lad, but he also has a voice that is smooth as honey and he writes these incredibly heartbreaking songs about life's regrets, joys, commitments, and and yes, heartbreak as well. Um, today, Friday, the 13th of Jan, he is releasing his debut record, Permanent Damage. The, he co-produced the record with producer Barney Lister, who is someone who's worked uh, with artists like Joy Crooks and Celeste. So you already know that the production is going to be top-notch. The sonics of this record are, they're very cinematic but woozy all at the same time and it does make for a, a beautiful listen. Um, I spoke with Joseph in late December and he was the last interview of the year and at the time we, we spoke about how honesty plays such a large part in songwriting and his openness to share some truths and how he does that without being too candid. We speak about how proud he is of this body of work and as he really should be this record is, it's a brilliant, brilliant record. It is beautiful. We were very lucky enough to be able to listen to it since December. So thank you very much, Joseph uh, and his team for that. Um, And lastly, we do have a conversation about um, an artist that he and I both love very much, Mr. Connor Oberst and his Bright Eyes Project. Before we get into the chat, we just want to say a very quick thank you to Liv from Positive Feedback for her help with this episode. Um, We'll make sure that we put all of Joseph's social media links in the show notes along with our social media as well. But uh, we're not going to hold you up any further. Let's get to it. This is our conversation with Joseph. Joseph. 
Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Joseph. Hello, sir. How are we? Hello, Simon. I'm very good. How are you? Thank you very much uh, for for joining us this morning, Joseph. Where where are you joining us from? Because I know it's early in the morning, but I'm not entirely sure where. <laughs> uh, I'm actually in London at the moment. Um, I'm in Hackney Wick. I'm staring out my window. It's full of condensation because my window's broke. I'm trying not to get pneumonia during this podcast, but <laughs> <laughs> but I I'm, I'm in I'm in London at the moment. It's really cold. Um, where are you? We're in we're in Adelaide in Australia, so mm. it's like it's the, it has it was today, yes, but it, with the weather at the moment, it's kind of rainy one day, sunny one day, and then tomorrow, who knows? It's a it's a mixed bag. Yeah, it's summer. It's summer there, though, isn't it? Summer in Australia right now. It is meant to be. It is meant to be. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I mean, I'm so jealous. I've never been to Australia. I'm so like I'm so buzzing to go eventually. I was going to maybe touch on it a little bit later, but as as we're here now, um, Mm -hmm. it is a very exciting time for you. We are going to get to the the record that is coming out uh, this week, Permanent Damage. But with with having some sunnier weather, can we maybe expect to see you in Australia at some point? Mm. uh, I mean, definitely. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah, if... If everything goes well and stuff like that, then you'll for sure see me maybe like, I don't know, kicking my feet in Byron Bay or something like that. I don't know, is that I'll be be heading straight straight to the beach. Um, (laughs) But I I really want to play, I want to play a few festivals, I want to play a few gigs. And I've met a lot of people in my travels from Australia um, and they're just like the most, like I feel like Scottish people are crazy. Irish people are crazy and Australian people are crazy and I like that like I like that kind of <laughs> like the, the 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 I feel like we're kind of tethered in that sense I like that that they're always up for a party and that's that's a bit of me so yeah I'll be in Australia as soon as I can I promise <laughs> I I would agree 100% I would say that there is some <laughs> form of kinship between the, the three and um, agreed, please. When you do come down, let us know. We'll make sure we take you to all the best parties and show you all the best uh, places to go. But up until that sure. stage, we are um, here to, to talk about uh, Permanent Damage, which is your brand new debut record, which is coming out this week. Firstly, congratulations, because um, this is a it's a beautiful, beautiful record. I'm going to touch on that in a minute. But um, firstly, how are you feeling now that this is coming out? Um, I'm excited, man. I feel like there's a there's a little um, there's a little part of me that's absolutely shit myself, but um, I think I don't know, man. I've, I'm very proud of it. Like I've, I've I don't think I've been. I think it's very rare in my life to like stand behind something completely and say that I'm actually like really proud of something that I've done because I think a lot of my life I've been a bit like directionless especially before I got into music so to be able to say that I've made an, a body of work that I'm really proud of and um, I don't know it's just insane like making an album is such a fucking like I can't believe I got to do it like it's madness so I'm glad <laughs> that I like it and I hope people like it too so yeah it's a bit, it's a bit strange but it's exciting. It is very exciting and um, having a we were very kind enough, uh, you were very kind enough, we had a, a bit of a listen to it before it's come out. I'm sure that people are going to love it. I don't have any doubt that this isn't going to be a popular record. Thank you. Of, of course, it is a 
beautiful sounding record. The sonics of it, uh, they're expansive. It's very lush. Um, I know that you worked with Barney Lister for the record, who's worked with artists like Joy Crooks. Uh, was there a discussion beforehand going into the recording that you had with Barney about the sonics of the record? Or was it just something that you kind of stumbled upon as you, um, as, as you were making it, as you were going along? Well, like when I moved to London, like I moved from, I moved to London, he was the first producer that I met because I moved to London specifically to make an album. So I wanted to like, um, as you said, like expand the sonics of the album and my, evolve my production so that it felt like a step up as opposed to my EPs that were just like made in my bedroom. Um, but me and Barney, like we searched for quite a while, like we were, we were kind of searching for a bit. And then we kind of landed on, I don't know, we kind of found our groove, but I feel like we have a lot of the same taste in music. A lot of our um, taste revolves around like a lot of Motown and um and then we even got a bit of like a couple of indie records as well that have that kind of like kind of like even like Tame Impala like just that kind of lush like combination of like really analog gear and um, like futuristic synths and stuff like that. But I don't know. I think we're just having fun, man. And 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 uh, at the base of it, like we were just like throwing shit against the wall until something sounded good. And um, it got to the point where the it just started to sound like cohesive, and we were, we just kind of got into the flow of. Um, it just all started to make sense. And we were in this tiny, tiny room as well. So all the equipment that we were using was, it was all the same stuff. Um, but I, there wasn't a specific conversation. It was just like more of a, I hate to use the word, but it was a bit of a journey um, <laughs> to like, to, to like, to some like fucking X Factor or something, but it was um, to, to, to get to the, to, to the, um, the footing that we ended up, walking down and making the album but it was just really fun to like to get there it was so good that sounds incredible and i can imagine uh naff or not that it was an incredible journey for yourself to go on <laughs> uh, <laughs> with uh you mentioned kind of that it was a, a i guess a mixed bag of sonics like um motown and, and tame impala i know that doing some research for today and and I've even compiled a bit of a list. I wanted to make sure I got them right because mm-hmm. what I feel um, was some of the music that I guess has influenced you or gotten you into music is a bit of a mixed bag in itself. I, I came across in my research that we've got Carol King, Frank Ocean, Annie DeFranco, Outkast, Spice Girls, Bright Eyes, Robin. Mm-hmm. I guess for yourself as a songwriter, going in with such a varied taste, what works for you? What is something that you kind of think attributes to making a good song or a good um, oral, uh, what's the word? Let's go with song. (laughs) Um, I don't know, man. I think the thing that the, the, the thread that ties all those artists and their music together is emotion. Like it's um, honesty as well. I feel like, whether it be the Spice Girls or whether it be Frank Ocean, I just think there's like a there's like a level of authenticity in those records that I feel like ties them together. Um, it's just unashamedly them, and um, I don't know, man. I feel like I don't know. I'm just very drawn to things that make me feel make me make me feel something, and I think um, those artists are very different production wise, but I think. Um, 
aye, like the musicianship is still the same. Like it's across the board. I'm just, a, I'm just, I'm just a fan of music. Like I, I've always been a fan of music, and um, regardless of the way it's delivered to me, if it makes me, if it makes me feel something, if anything at all, then I think it's a good thing. But um, I don't know if. Uh, I, I, I don't I really know how to compare any of those artists to my own music. I don't really know how, it, but I think everybody who's an artist or like a musician, it, you you sort of like just emulate what you're listening to, and you're sort of like a um for the day you're born, you just absorb all this <laughs> music, and if you get the opportunity to do something like make an album or even like paint a fucking picture, like it 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 will seep out of you in some way. Um, but yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. No, it, it very much does. It does. Thank you. <laughs> um, I know that the record itself, speaking about emotion, it was, and if you're okay to talk about it, fantastic. If not, please tell me. Um, I know that it, it is a, it is a bit of a, a, a breakup record. It's a bit of a heartbreak record for yourself. Yeah. When it does come to, to songwriting for you, how do you find that balance between being able to, I guess, uh, write what's true to yourself and, and being honest without divulging too much information or being, you know, over oversharing. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Um, I don't know, man. I don't think there's such a thing as oversharing. I mean, I wouldn't tell you like what I had for breakfast in a song maybe, but um, <laughs> or like, I don't know what colour my piss is in the morning, but I think, I, I think, it, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just I I think I I've been quite I find it quite hard to articulate my emotions like out with music and before I did music I I it just kind of um it it kind of left me in a destructive way like that was my go to it was just kind of partying and stuff like that so I think being honest in my work and in my music and stuff like that about my experiences it helps me um get a bit of clarity in my life and get a bit of like structure to the things that I'm thinking about because I'm quite an erratic thinker sometimes and I'm a bit all over the place you can't tell that right now in the morning because I'm a bit tired but um, if you've seen me at like 1pm in the day I'm like bouncing off the walls um, but I, I think it's it was never really nothing's off the table for me in terms of like being speaking about because it's the only way that I can um, exercise that kind of like dark part of myself that I can I, I struggle to talk about with other people or like um 
to manage within myself. So I think it's it, it's it's not really been hard for me. It's kind of hard sometimes when you're doing things like this and you're like, people are like, ah, so like, what happened? And I'm like, oh shit. Because <laughs> um, this is like the other side of it when you're actually, because I think when you're writing songs, you, you sometimes admit things to yourself that you wouldn't even say out loud in like an empty room. But even... Yeah. It's 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 madness that you have to like sometimes like go up on stage or like talk to people and podcasts about like <laughs> your deepest darkest secrets. But um, nah, nothing's off the table for me. To be fair. Well, look, I'm very glad to hear that. Um, we're not going to yeah. go into the deep dark secrets. We'll still allow you to keep those at least on <laughs> on this podcast for now. Um, yeah, yeah. I was hoping to to talk about a, a shared love that I stumbled across. Um. I think that there's an artist that both you and I love that apparently was the the catalyst for getting you into writing your own music, um, which is uh, Lua by Bright Eyes, which apparently you're a big mm-hmm. fan of that song. Uh, yeah. Personally love Bright Eyes, but I was wondering if you would join me in at least saying why you love uh, that song and then I guess how it inspired you to get into songwriting. Um, I think the first time I ever heard that. Have you ever seen the the, the version he's playing? I think he's playing at Coachella or something like that. Yes, and it, yeah. Like, the sun, the sun, the sun's Sunset. going down. It, yeah, <laughs> it was like a random, um, like a YouTube recommendation. I think I was about fifteen or something like that. Maybe, maybe a bit older than that. Um, and I've just never been so like taken by like a piece of music. But I don't. Well, obviously I have. But like, I just I'd never heard songwriting like that. Like. And before I even knew what he was talking about, because I never, I, I think it's quite a like vivid story about like drug addiction and codependency and stuff like that. I didn't really know what he was talking about, but then I got older and I like started to experience life a bit more. And I was like, "Fucking hell! Like this is this is the nail on the head here." And I think there's something there's something really special about just a guitar and a vocal and a story. And I think um, I'm really inspired by Conor Oberst and his writing. Like I, I love like. I love a lot of his stuff, but I think something in particular about that song just feels so like, just feels so real. Like I can see it. Like I'm on the road with them. I'm walking home. It's five a.m. I'm in LA. I'm going to the, the actors' party. Like it, it just feels so real. It's like it's like a film, and I think there's such a like. It just gave me such a visceral reaction, and I've never really had that before. But I am obsessed, obsessed with that song. I, I think I've. <laughs> It's. I think everybody who's a songwriter should hear that and just be like, "This is the benchmark. Like, it's unbelievable." I would agree with that. I think that anyone who hasn't listened to that track or the album um, um, "I'm Wide Awake It's Morning," please, after you listen to "Permanent Damage," go and buy "I'm Wide Awake It's Morning" <laughs> as well. So buy buy two records today if you're listening to this. Oh my um, god! Don't put those records next to each other. You'll be like, "That's shake compared to." <laughs> no, no, don't you dare! Not at all. Um, <laughs> um, I was wondering if you would uh, allow me to ask about my favourite track off "Permanent Damage." Um, yeah, and and I think it almost kind of ties in what we were saying before about uh, a, a person or a singer and and a guitar. The the track "Borderline" that starts out very kind of intimately, and then I kind of feel. Um, builds from there. The Sonics definitely pricked up my ears when I was listening to it on headphones. Would you be able to share a little bit, if, if you'll allow, um, I guess, the the inspiration for that song or where that song kind of came from? Yeah, well, 
it was the last song that I wrote for, I wrote for the album, um, and it kind of helped me get the title as well. Because um, I got the title, I don't know if you've like read about it, or whatever, but I got the title from like, a packet of cigarettes, like because it said like smoking causes permanent damage, and I was like, hmm, permanent damage. That kind of <laughs> sounds like kind of like pricked my ears up sometimes. Uh, wanted to make my brain feel a bit fuzzy, and those two words together, I was like, hmm, I like this. Um, but I was I was going through something with this with this person um and they were so like they were so nice to me like they were so nice unconditionally loving like would do anything for me um really accommodating i was a bit fucked up at the time and i just didn't know how to take it i thought love had to be this chaotic um standing outside nightclubs crying on the phone like running through the streets like and because this was quite like a safe like a, a safe environment it was very like um, I was completely understood. I just didn't know how to take it, and it just got it made me realise that oh my god, like I've been so fucked up by this relationship that I don't know how to accept this this version of it. Um, and it's basically just about um, not being able to be the version of myself that this person deserves, um, which I found was even more devastating than anything that I'd been through before that because I was just like I've got to a point where. I've met somebody that, that everything I want them to be in more and I can't deal with it. it. It sounds like a simple like it sounds like a simple equation. Like why why can you not just accept it? But I think when you've been through something that's a bit like tumultuous and hectic and, and it's quite hard to unpack in time to like deal with somebody else. Um, but it, it, it and it made me realise that I'd been like permanently affected indefinitely by that relationship. So that's where borderline comes through it's probably the saddest song on the album for me because it's just like oh it's just like we almost had it but we didn't and i can't be that yet but i don't know where he is now i think he's i think he's with someone else he's very happy now i'm, I'm very happy for him um but i think sonically that song we tried a lot of different versions of it we like speed it up should we like beef it up a bit um but we always kept landing on the the version that you hear which is basically the demo like um, you can you can hear the the metronome ticking and my vocal like we we didn't redo the vocal if you listen to it because it's like it, the, the the vocal is so compressed because I'm basically like with a mic to my mouth really really closely like whispering basically um, and then it's compressed really loud so you can hear the metronome ticking through my earphones like and the It'll be production secret for you, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, it's it's probably the most devastating song. But it's a song that I'm most proud of. That like I'm proud that it, it is the version of of the song that made it on the album. Just because it it always made me feel a certain way, and it still does every time. I, there was a period I just couldn't listen to it because I just I was like ah, oh. um, I and the, the 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 bit at the end of that song where it's like I want you all the time. Like I was like crying like at the end of it because it's just all the production like swells towards the end and then mm. it cuts out and it's just me and the guitar and I was just like, oh, but um, yeah, I'm very proud of that song. That's the story and like, um, I hope I hope people like it as much as I do because it's one of my favourites on the album and it, I, I feel like it's probably given the most away maybe, um, especially concerning the person that that <coughs> that it's about. But, um, but yeah, long answer. 
<laughs> it is a gorgeous track, and so I like. I very much appreciate you um, allowing us to to hear behind, I guess, behind the scenes or behind the curtain um, on on how it was made and and the choices in in the songwriting. Uh, I wanted to quickly touch on as well, Joseph, that uh, Gary from Gary Gary from Elbow, uh, oh, sorry, Guy from Elbow. Guy. Um, sorry. Uh, also, uh, made an appearance on the album, I think on backing tracks for apartment 22. Um, mm-hmm. how did that kind of come about? Oh my God, guy, Mr. Guy, my favorite man in the world. <laughs> so basically the, the, the studio that I work in, um, it's called the Derry and it's in Brixton and it's like, it's basically like, <clears throat> I'm trying to describe it. It's really small and it's, it's got there's like a couple of you walk in there's like a couple of doors and there's like five studios and they're kind of like bedrooms kind of like little garages or garages as I would call them um, <laughs> and Guy, Guy has a studio there like he he writes in there and he he works on his radio show for the BBC there um, and it's just like a little family because I was there for like a year and a half and he's always there and loads of artists come in and out but me and Barney and um, Guy and a couple of other people were like fixtures in the dairy like we were just always there so I kind of got to know him. He's always chatting. We've always got like a little wine and got a beer with him. And then got to the point where he's like, my mate, like I've got his number and stuff like that. And he's like, he's just, he's just such a nice man. Like you always supportive, always popping his head into like listen to stuff. And um, it came to the end of the record and we were just like, what can we do, man? We had, had apartment 22 and Barney was <laughs> like, do you think it'd be cool if we could get a guy to like just sing on this? Like not like anything mad, just like kind of like put a bit of texture under the chorus. And then um, Guy was outside, like, drinking a wine or something, and Barney was like, do you want to come in here and sing a song for this guy? <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah, well, two minutes. I think he was eating a curry or something. He's just, like, eating a curry, comes in, sing, whips out his mad <laughs> angelic voice, and then just fucks off. I was just like, fuck it. I was actually, like, beside myself that I'm obsessed, like, Mirrorball, Elbow is one of my favourite songs of all time. So um, just to hear, like, to be in a room... Like in silence and listen to his voice, like it's just un- it's unbelievable. It, it, he's probably one of the best songwriters ever. I think if you've never really done a deep dive in Elbow's work, like um, the, their album Build a Rocket Boys is just unbelievable. Like some of the some of the lines are like jaw dropping. I'm like it makes me want to give up. Like one of those ones, it's that good. Um, but I, he just kind of popped his head in, sang a couple of, sang a couple of lines under the chorus and. I think it just adds a wee bit of something special and I'm just glad he's on the record because he, he played a big part and just um just he was just around when I was making the album and it was mm-hmm. nice to just have have like a wee break and sit outside and eat an Andos and talk to Guy Garvey. <laughs> I <laughs> um, love so, that. So it, was, uh, <laughs> it was nice to, to uh, yeah. It's very normal <laughs> as well. But he just had a, he has a lot of good advice and he's been very like complimentary about the record and he's, he's always been excited and stuff like that which has been very like affirming for me so yeah it was nice to have him on it that's very cool again i love that he was what is it is it is it cavalierness or just that he's yep two seconds finishes the wine curry comes in yeah, and sings and... there is no there is not any warming up or anything he just fuck, fucking walks in <laughs> and just and just sings it like like a little angel but he's quite like a he's quite a, he's a big tall man. I'm like that voice just comes out. Oh, he's, so, he's such a beautiful voice. Um, but yeah, very very nonchalant. There's no like airs and graces. He's not like he's just 
he's just not a wanker. He's just he's just a nice man, a very exceptionally nice man. That is very nice to hear um, in terms of, well, I guess it's always just nice to hear that people you look up to and admire their, their work, that they're not not wankers or, or that they're actually decent human beings. Um, Joseph, uh, lastly, we would usually ask our guests uh, what they're currently listening to. I know we've already spoken about some of your listening habits, but um, is there anything at the moment that is on high rotation for yourself? Anything on the moment? Um, there's not a spot for you, Blake. Um, listen to her. Um, she's actually managed by the same people as me. She supported me on tour as well. <clears throat> she's such a lovely lassie. Like, um, she's from Dundee. It's kind of like indie, but she's got a quite like her voice is just very like, ethereal, and her writing's amazing as well. And the productions. I think her, her and her, her boyfriend like they produce together and they write together. But um, she's kind of just starting out. But I think in time like she'll she'll become like a like a big thing eventually like she's amazing her name's Theo Blake yeah you should listen to her I will make sure that we um put uh, a link to uh her details or, or her music in the show notes along with the details for yourself and links for people to access permanent damage um Joseph thank you so much for coming onto the podcast I very much appreciate it and congratulations again on the album oh thank you thanks for having me Simon it's nice to Speak to someone nice in the morning. Made my day. But um, yeah, yeah, thanks for having me. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.